Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey everybody, I'm Meredith and I'm part of the Fade to Gray Patreon and I've got some great news for you. Are you paying too much for your auto, home, life, or small business insurance without having your own agent you can trust to advise you correctly? Insurance agent Chad Johnson has multiple companies to offer these products and is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, and Iowa. Call or text message him at 417-421-421. 2925 for a no obligation quote on any of your insurance needs. Again, that's call or text message 417-421-2925. Hi, I'm Kara and I'm a member of the Fade to Gray Patreon. I'd like to talk to you about an easy and affordable way to get your finances in order. Ryan from BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com can help you set up a budget, learn how to invest your money, and even help you understand retirement. And they don't just work with the individual, they work with businesses and nonprofits as well. What's awesome is they won't ever cold call you or spam your email. You tell them your needs, hopes, and dreams, and they'll provide you with their best options at your convenience. Listeners of Fade to Gray can call 413-977-9967 and ask for Brian. Or you can email him directly at brian at bfs-team.com and mention the podcast to receive a free consultation. That's hundreds of dollars in value. Services are available where licensed. Look, you have no excuse not to get your finances in order. Visit BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com and let them remove your financial fears. Ladies and idiots. This is the Fade to Gray podcast. Everything will be aces. Let's get faded, guys. Hell yeah. He has many, and I mean many, leather-bound books on shelves made of rich mahogany. Now you've heard of gay conversion therapy. Well, this is gray conversion therapy. I think you're going to like it. I'm not braver than you. I'm just drunker than you. And you're fabulous. You deserve to be called you're fabulous. What do you think about the podcast? It sucks. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Fade to Gray. On this roundtable, we have Seth Showalter, Omar Williams, and his lovely wife, Elizabeth Williams. And of course, I am Christopher Grace. And look, we're here to wrap up season two, give you guys a little bit of insight into what's going to happen in season three. And we're super excited to start talking about that right now. What do you guys think? What were some of the best episodes of season two? Obviously, the abortion episode. Oh, I would agree. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, other than the fact that it was your episode, basically you and Chris's baby and with help, you know, from Rhea uh, obviously, Meredith was there from um, Jed and everybody told their story. Melody Johnson, thank you very much. Um, but I agree. Like uh, that's probably one of my favorite ones too, babe. Awesome job. But really, with uh, Chris and you guys' vision of sitting down, talking kind of like even one on one or breaking it up, like you did with the narration, 
was gold, and I think it just kind of opened up a, a door and got our minds thinking for what we're going to be doing in season three, which we'll get into later. But that, but you guys did <laughs> an amazing really job. You killed it. So, I have a couple things I want to say about the abortion <laughs> episode, and is that this is a criticism. No. <laughs> what I'd like to say is, I think what what was produced was phenomenal, both in story messaging as well as in production Um, it was very clear that what you created was thought out Um, to me in hearing that episode i didn't think oh this is an episode of fade to gray i thought this is investigatory reporting Um, you approached this episode this topic with a journalistic eye um, and allowed other people to tell their story and allow that to speak for the issue rather than our own personal opinions and political or religious swings, but allowed actual stories of lived experience speak for the issue. And let's just be honest. Let's talk about timing. Um, that episode, the way that the timing of that episode with what is happening right now in Alabama, in my own state of Missouri, um, in different places around the country is... it couldn't have been it couldn't have happened at a better time that we produced there's a something god like now <laughs> something like that <laughs> well the funny thing is is that we began recording that in february but didn't release it until may so that episode was two months in the making and, and it's such a it's such a topic that's controversial and hot button and so many emotions are wrapped up into it, especially when you get into like the religious side of things and like we're talking about the political atmosphere right now too which again is what can mix church and you know church and state together or religion and politics together. It always gets messy. But when you the way you did that, babe, with just letting people tell their stories and not having to give our opinions one way or the other, but just kind of like saying this is these are real people. This isn't an, an issue. And there's different circumstances that lead us in life to make different choices and decisions. And like one decision or choice isn't going to make you a monster. It doesn't automatically put you in one political party for the rest of your life either or, or this, that, or the other. So that's why it's such a gray area topic. But in the world we're living in, it seems like there can't be any gray. It has to be black and white. But when you actually sit down and you start to listen to people's stories, the picture definitely comes to fade more into the gray. And you just for presented sure. that. And how, you, and how you wrap that up at the end brought tears to my eyes. And so um, I love you, babe. Good job. Mm, thanks. Love you too. Yeah, I don't get emotional, but I got a little emotional on that episode, not going to lie. Um, it was really, really good, Elizabeth. You did a fantastic job putting that together. And um, that kind of leads me into one of my favorite episodes, I think Omar as well, because he kind of has been talking about this episode on his own podcast, but that would be your atheist pastor, Luke King. Omar, do you want to tell us why that's one of your favorites? Well, other than him being one of my new BFFs, like <laughs> Luke King's an amazing guy. Um, what he's doing with this podcast, we've been just kind of been talking almost daily, at least weekly, but his episode was just so much fun. Um, he talks about it himself, about how, it was one of the first times he really got to sit down with another group of guys. Uh, unfortunately, in that episode, there wasn't a female voice. Forgive us for that one. But it, but it made it just kind of this comfortable atmosphere to talk about like his struggles, like with lust, you know, and getting into talking about where he's now a swinger with his partner, who's who's also his partner on your atheist pastor, and and that dynamic and what that all looked like. And he's he's more than anything, he's an amazing dude. But that episode was fun 
funny, lighthearted. I think it's one of my most shared episodes with people that as, as I meet. I say, hey, you want to check out Fade the Great? Check out this episode. Yeah, I would 100% agree with you. But I think what I liked most about the episode, I think I agree with everything you said, that it was fun and lighthearted. But one of my favorite things about the episode is when we always invite our guests into our Marco Polo group uh, once they've been on the podcast so they can interact with our um, Patreon people. Those, of course, are people who uh, they support the podcast by uh, giving as little as $1 a month. Um, and so they're thrown into that Marco Polo group. And so when Luke came in there, um, he actually created quite a bit of controversy uh, with some of our uh, Patreon members in there because most of them are Christians. Um, and of course, he's kind of on the opposite end there. And he you know, claims to not be evangelical about atheism. Um, but I would say that he definitely triggered uh, a bunch of the Christians in there. And for me, as someone who's not a Christian, it was really fun to watch. <laughs> we learned a lot in that episode. As a Christian, it was still a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Seeing, we definitely learned a lot as podcasters. We learned a, a lot um, about ways of framing groups of individuals, groups of people, different religious beliefs. Blanket um, statements. Right, and that the power of words have power. Um, and seeing that play, the power of words have power. The, <laughs> Sounds like the a song. sharing of the sharing of words has power. Words have power. I don't know. Um, seeing on, that, seeing that happen and play out in the community was very interesting. And I felt like people were able to do and have this discourse in a respectful way for the most part, which was encouraging to see. Um, the opposing sides and then being able to see them do it in a way that is not uh, degrading was encouraging. And the dynamics yeah. of his relationship too. So one of the things that like I'd say we learned a lot and grew from that is from not, now I'm more sensitive in conversations whenever like blanket statements or we're talking about it doesn't just have to be church it can be just any other when we start to do the others and start to put people in groups and labels and stuff they're helpful but it also can be like hurtful when we start to like lump people together because everyone's just like but i'm but i'm not that way but i identify and so it, it that's it's going to create more of a conversation which is always fun and that's what we're trying to do here is like sometimes like there's no other way to say something but it's an, it's very nuanced and if you have the patience and time to sit down with somebody and really hear them out then you can say okay well maybe i do agree with you more than i thought that I was triggered by like A, B, or C blanket statement. But Luke King is an amazing dude. In fact, we actually, myself, Seth, and Chris have recently been invited onto his podcast to tell our story. Um, even though two to three of us, you know, still have faith and believe in God and or identify as Christian, he allowed space on his podcast to hear our story, uh, which I think is awesome. And another spoiler for season three. Um, open up a door for an amazing episode that we have with, with a guy who's um, basically on his last ride um, been diagnosed with ALS and doesn't have but a couple more years to live but um, is going out with a bang and is an amazing guy so that's a little spoiler for you guys down the road um, anything else on Luke because I, I was going to shout out to a handful of people just real quick that I really we had some just really really cool people just really that's the thing for me about season two, I would say, is like our guests, for the most part, were just an ama amazing people who've stayed in contact with us, came into the our Marco Polo Patreon to, to share more of their story, opened up 
felt really comfortable. And that's the thing we kept getting feedback from our, our guest was the atmosphere that Fade to Gray provides, where it's kind of can be like lighthearted, but not afraid to go deep dive into some personal topics and stuff. So, um, yeah, well, really quick about Luke. Um, so the episode that Luke did with Seth, myself and Omar, uh, they will be out by the time this airs. Um, mine and Seth's is already out. And I just have to say, uh, my episode is 10 times better than <laughs> Seth's episode. I cannot believe you said that. And then I'm sure mine's would be 10 times better than Chris's. That's just the way it goes. Saving the best. Well, I don't, I don't know, Omar. I, you know, going on to a podcast with an atheist, his audience is primarily people who are struggling with their faith and are deciding to have left the faith. Uh, you know, if you believe in God, you're going to, you know, I mean, it's a tougher interview. You've got to like really show what you believe and why you believe it. And I uh, thought that was hard. I, I don't know. I, I guess if you if you feel that that way, but that's the whole other religious trauma thing that you feel like you have. He's to He's like grasping say. at straws. He's grasping at straws. My, listen, I am grasping at straws. Better. It's fine. It's fine. Just deal with it. Uh, and you guys can go and check that out by going over to iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, and checking out your atheist pastor. And obviously, we think that you did great stuff. We're just giving you a hard time. You, you no, did really good I, job representing yourself. You, you were 100% I think, Seth. I think, that, I think I was 100% Seth, which is perhaps the terrifying thing. But I think that, Chris, you did have a good episode. But I will say Thank that you. I think mine is better. But I'm a little biased. Well, here's why yours is better. Because... You get to see the real Seth whenever he's around someone he thinks is attractive. Well, that's true. Um, the truth comes and, and out. He, he kind of starts fumbling a little bit, you know. I'll be honest. And it's just, it's hilarious to, to hear. Spoiler alert. I'll be open and honest here. I find that Luke King is a very attractive man. So I sometimes do flounder. I lose my words at times. Well, I wonder if he and Tammy would invite you to join. I highly, uh, highly doubt that. I think on the festivities. I don't think. I don't think I would do that even if I had the chance. Okay. Because, you know, sure. I, Luke's a friend now, man. Luke, Luke is part of the family, in my opinion. And uh, I don't. You can't sleep swing with, with friends. You can't swing with friends. I don't. That's weird. <laughs> but, oh my Go gosh, ahead. I have so many things to say. <laughs> That's just like, like I would, uh, like I would want to have sex with friends. I wouldn't want to have sex with strangers. That that baffles me. I don't understand that, Seth. Like I just don't. Yeah, have sex with your friends for a while, <laughs> and eventually see what happens. Yeah, jealousy, good point. <laughs> the intertwining of relationships and work versus personal life versus who knows what and when they know it yeah, and but how that's they know just it. Gay. <laughs> You're not allowed I to say that. I, I seriously, I seriously group doubt that, that onto an entire population. That's real, real smooth. Seriously, no. I just I find that um, that it's best to hit it and leave it. I don't know. <laughs> Having it too Seth close is a is fuck boy. Okay, we got it. He's gonna tap it and toss it. That's well. I'm just saying. It's I definitely think there's some pushback, and I think that's an area that there's a lot of gray area because I think that there's some benefit to the occasional one night stand like the no commitments and all that different stuff getting out whatever it is you need to get out being completely selfish for the both of the people involved i think that's healthy but i think that there might be another level of health involved and being able to like communicate 
and still like you know look each other in the eye and be able to like have good healthy relationships beyond yeah because uh, if omar and i were a one-night stand it, like i wouldn't like sex if omar and i were a one-night stand like it's taken <laughs> 10 years right like <laughs> i don't know he had more experience oh than i did coming into it but i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> basically she's saying omar that your sex was awful that first night. <laughs> no, I think I was worse for him than he was for me that night, but that's okay. <laughs> it's really good now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Want to see Seth blush? Oh, wait, you guys can't see him. <laughs> so anyway, just let's wrap up season two. I want to shout out to like a couple other people that I think are just some amazing people we had on that have really kind of helped support us um, in this, you know, podcast moving forward gave us great stories we're really vulnerable and open dave lunsford love you buddy you're probably listening to this right now he was you know part of the family he's in and out of the patreon whenever we have conversations where he's you know he's one of the people that when he shows up changes the entire atmosphere of the patreon group for a while um you know the way that he he's got an infectious positive attitude he really does and the way he approaches conversations or conflicts um is really admirable and and now his life coaching uh, thing has been launched officially. He has a page, a blog. He has clients, and it's going very well. Um, I speak with him. He's another person I talk to probably on a week, weekly, almost month, daily basis. I can't speak to say. Another person I talk to on a weekly, almost daily basis, and um, probably one of the biggest encouragers in my life. Uh, Dan Koch, uh, brilliant really awesome dude um he had us on his patreon episode as well uh you have permission he's somebody that we also you know looking forward to working with in the future awesome dude dan coke uh was my second favorite episode of the season i loved it i thought it was great what did you love about the fun okay well so the reason I think I liked it so much is because he disarmed me. Like I, at the beginning thought I'm going to hate this guy. He always talks about, you know, from my perspective, whenever he would be on the podcast, I would listen to him on. He was always the liberal voice uh, when it came to politics and I'm very anti-liberal politics. Um, And so I thought I was just going to not agree with him at all, but he turned out to be a sweetheart, um, a really, really like centered and balanced guy and i really appreciate him and love his podcast uh you have permission i think it's fantastic work and great and great the work that he puts into producing and editing and does all of the music himself like check him out follow him he's definitely worth somebody investing your time into um mm-hmm. and then lastly the person i want to mention is just toby morell who would have been the first episode of season who two. Toby motherfucking Morell um, with, with, with Emery and some other podcasts as well. Some, uh, what, they, what other podcast? What, what do you I'm mean? not sure. The podcast he, that shall not be named. <laughs> I actually liked Mike Morell better than Toby Morell. I'm glad he showed up, but he was, he was a little angry and he didn't stick around very long. Didn't want to answer any of our questions, but no, uh, but to- Toby's a, a great, great dude. He was very encouraging on dude. the episode and it really marked for us kind of like a pinnacle of like what do you want to say like a turning point par- paradigm shift or something in our podcast where kind of we had stepped up production level stepped up kind of what we're looking for is as far as questioning and content and in, inside of the 
podcast and it really like was a lot of fun and so that's one that like always looking back fondly on because it's like season one is great i still go back sometimes and listen to a couple of episodes but there was a definite jump it's all jump right. in quality between <laughs> season one and season two and speaking of that i'm really excited for what we have in the works going into season three can I do a shout out too, though, real quick before we move on to season three? Melanie Studley. Yeah, right? Melanie Studley. My. Yes, Seth too, because like I I really liked our interview with Melanie Studley. Well, I really like Melanie Studley first of all, but then also because um, she like basically kicked me in the pants to start my own podcast. So I was able to launch my own little homeschool dealio. So if you're a homeschool person, come listen to my podcast for and It's going well. Doing and um, doing a very good job, babe. I'm loving it. Yeah, thanks. What is up, Fade to Gray family? There is a brand new podcast in town. Fade to Gray's own Elizabeth Williams has started a new podcast called Four in Tow, a not-so-conservative homeschool podcast. She's a homeschool mom of four who occasionally drops the F-bomb. You see, Elizabeth grew up as a homeschool student, and she's been homeschooling now for four years. And she knows that there is a desperate need of community and encouragement for all the other homeschool moms out there. If you're interested in listening to Elizabeth's podcast, make sure to check out the show notes for the link. Once again, that's the Four in Tow podcast. We hope you'll join her. Seth wanted to say something about her too. Well, I was going to say that I had two favorite episodes from season two, which included um, the one I just mentioned, the abortion episode, but then also this episode, specifically because we did it together. Uh, We were able to do this episode face to face live with a live audience we even had listeners listening in uh, while we were all there for a conference of another podcast and it was just an incredible experience i feel as if there was a certain thing in the air when we did that episode because we were united there was an extra element um, and i feel like it really in many ways was a turning point for me in really hearing lived experience of running a podcast and getting some of that feedback, but then also the, I don't know, the euphoric sense of just being together with everyone made it for a really interesting, an interesting episode for sure. I agree. I really enjoyed our time together in Dallas. Um, when we recorded that episode, it was a learning experience for sure, but it was a lot of fun. Something that's going to be etched in my heart forever. Like it's one of those things. Whether it's sitting down, looking to the right and the left of you know people that you've you know met online the first time you're meeting, and now you're you're in this. You've created this podcast together. And that's what brought you. That's what's brought you together to this point. You know, and it was just felt even more natural. Like you said there was a learning experience, some with the mics and different things like that. But overall, that experience is something that's going to be etched in like my heart, my mind, like as. Um, really a turning point in my life it's kind of funny because people have been asking me like lately um you know what's like something like the most influential moment and you know you want to like think like way back and i'm like yeah there's some stuff way back but like right now like just that experience of coming together in dallas um with the people who have created this podcast and, and really just knowing that it's a real thing that these relationships are real as family it felt like it felt like seeing like cousins that you hadn't seen in a long time you know it's, it's yeah it had, Miss you guys already. So, yeah, I'm getting <laughs> weepy over here. Speaking of turning points, 
Do you guys want to talk about the future of Fade to Grey? Tell me about uh, it, yeah, Chris. I'm so excited. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me, what are you going to do in the future of Fade to Grey, Seth? I want to know. <laughs> I, in the future of Fade to Grey, we are going to be doing some series, um, really focusing on specific topics and ideas in mind. And to kind of kick things off, we are going to be doing and releasing a series focused on post-deconstruction. A lot of what brought us together Mm. were things related to religious belief, whether it be struggling with it, believing in it, or leaving it. And as a result, we really wanted to talk to some people who might have some insight into faith, specifically, um, deconstruction, and what it looks like after you really seriously sit down and think about what you believe, why you believe it, and what to do next. And I am really excited for this series. Uh, rather than this being something that you would wait each week for the next episode, we're going to release all of these episodes at the same time. So you can binge a post-deconstruction conversation. with Kind of like Netflix? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> something like that. I love binging. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> this uh, this series is going to have some pretty cool names on it. We have Paul Matthew Harrison coming back. Um, we've got, uh, like Omar mentioned earlier, the guy with ALS, Dave Warnock. His story was incredible. Uh, I'm really excited to share that with you guys. There might be a disclaimer on that episode. Yeah, I think so. We have a couple of uh, pastors that I actually had a good time talking with, um, Chris Fillingham and Brian Zahn. And I also didn't mention Bonnie Lewis. And I know, that's, I know I'm about to get lashed out from Elizabeth because she's a woman. It's, sure. it's like the only episode I'm on f- for this little series thing. And, and I'm pretty proud of it because I was having a lot of fun on the episode. So it, I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> no, nah, it's going to be good. Yeah, it was a pretty fun interview. Yeah. I'm really excited for it as well. It's good stuff. It sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like Seth is asleep during this interview, guys. <laughs> no, I'm saying that I am like, ex- I am legitimately excited for these episodes to release. I know like, you. I definitely know you. I am thrilled <laughs> and so excited to Remember see how when you were a kid and you were excited about some thing that was about to come out and you would get butterflies in your stomach and you couldn't sleep because you were just so pumped about Christmas it? Christmas morning. That's what I want you to feel about the new series of fade to gray seth i i do i need I some inflection so in your voice i need i need it to go up when you when, at the end like you get a little excited have you here. been hanging out with renee <laughs> <laughs> i think it's my internet <laughs> blame it the internet <laughs> but so so clarify this for me, uh, Seth or Chris or somebody. Like, are we just doing series in as far as deconstruction, reconstruction? Like, is is it just each series is it something else religious, or what is this going to look like in the future as we're releasing these series? Omar, I am so glad you asked. <laughs> me too. This <laughs> series is going to be about post deconstruction, uh, but we are looking to explore other topics that have nothing to do with faith as well later on, but still under the guise of the fade to gray principle, which is some people look at a topic and they feel very white about it. Some people look at a topic, they feel very black about it. We want them to have a conversation and meet in the middle and fade to gray. And make little brown and babies. So that's, 
They're such little cute babies. little brown babies. <laughs> Technically, they'd be gray babies if we actually gray-bies. use the color scale gray-bies. here. Like gaybies. <laughs> yes. Make some gravies. We want their thought processes to have gray babies. <laughs> um, no. The little gray cells. We're going to do other ones. We've been talking about series like series on journalism, uh, series on politics, series on education, series on mental health. Um, you know, series about all sorts of different topics that we can fade to gray. Race. So I'm really looking forward to that. Absolutely. Music. No. You can't fade fade to gray in music? Nope. Not really. (laughs) I'll be honest, I struggle too. Oh, well, I guess we should also mention that we're still going to put out roundtable episodes every couple of weeks. And those are going to be about whatever we want to talk about. Not connected to the series at all. We're going to keep doing movies that molded me. Uh, news for noobs, mental, all these really great segments that you're used to. Yeah, well, that's the other thing too with se- with these new series. We're not going to have sponsors like we've had for season two. So if you want to help us keep the podcast going, join our Patreon page because that's going to really help us get to where we want to be um, with our advertising and all the things. And don't be afraid if we say that we're going to go to an episode every two weeks because you can still see our face like she said in patreon and if you're not there yet you would also see us going on facebook live um probably once a week as well for about 30 minutes just hanging out maybe taking on another topic that we can fade to gray on you guys can choose those topics to, um in the patreon or on our facebook page and or maybe just a game night just different things we'll still interact with, with the community as it continues to grow very excited about what's going on in the community but so don't be alarmed if, if you need more of Fade to Gray, if you're missing out on us going to every other week, um, then please jump on board, hang out with us in the Marco Polo groups um, or catch us live on Facebook. Sounds good to me, Omar. I'm pumped. Seth. <laughs> I'm pumped. What else were you going to say? You're going to say something else, though. It's pretty phenomenal, though really how much conversation happens in the Patreon. It, yeah. it It's so hard to explain to someone who doesn't understand what Marco Polo is or doesn't understand how busy these things get. But the conversation is constantly going. Um, and it's really encouraging to see people develop relationships in a way that I don't know if they've ever been made before when it's all done via online face-to-face interaction but you've actually never met face-to-face but over like everyday life stuff but also over theological and personal inquiries in regards to faith and whatever else is going on in their lives it's really encouraging to see it's beautiful and speaking of marco polo do we have any new names we need to read of our patreons we definitely do So we want to thank a few new people for their patronage of our podcast, Jeffrey Fleming. And we want to also thank the Keeners, Andrew and Amanda, and the other Amanda, Amanda Martin. We want to thank you guys for joining our Fade to Gray family and becoming And Lauren Bartlett as well. Oh, Lauren Bartlett. Did I not lead with her? Sorry. The beautiful Lauren Bartlett is also a patron of our podcast. If you want to become a patron, just find us at patreon.com backslash fade to gray podcast. And you can join for as little as a dollar. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. So we really appreciate you becoming part of our family, guys. And I may be really biased, but I think like all these newbies, 
to fade to gray are gorgeous people. And then I started thinking that really, like, everybody in our Marco Polo, like, fade to gray Patreon group is just, like, I don't know if it's just that my heart is just so full for them. I just see nothing but beauty when I look at them. But I don't think so. I think that really is just the top of the gene pool type people that we're getting here at Fade to Gray. <laughs> he likes white people. Well, for me. Oh, shit. Yeah, he Damn certainly it. does. Now, now you make me feel racist. <laughs> we need more black people. <laughs> Please. For me, they're all just really funny. I know Amanda Martin has only been in there for a few days now, but she's got my ass cracking oh, up. Oh, my gosh. You had me rolling today. I will say this, though, for sure. It's been nice um, between these new names. It's As the community is growing, it, the people really you know, have amazing sense of humor. You know, like just the willingness to open up and like be themselves. You know, It's just a, a comfortable environment. And it's just becoming a joy to be around. It's like I love the old heads, too. Thanks for everybody that's been there since day one, um, you know, supporting us and giving the feedback and everything. But at the... Um, just the with the newbies, it just seems like it's kind of like changing the conversation a little bit, the flow, and, and it's I don't know. There's an excitement going on right now in the Marco Polo group, and I like it. So. And I'm going to call out Chad Johnson. Okay, did he go on some sort of like two month long run? Because I haven't seen him around in a while, and that motherfucker better get back into the Patreon. Chad, come back. We miss you. We're really calling him out live. Yep. Chad. <laughs> fade to gray cares about you this community cares about you we've missed you please come back sincerely well, i mean the fade to gray he's team. still paying praise so the lord he might as well be in there i mean we're gonna take his money either way <laughs> speaking, see him speaking of really good people that you were talking to that i talked to like on almost a daily basis is is chad and he's just not as active in the group anymore um, but yes, we do miss your your input. We have some new people that I don't even know if you've met yet, Chad. So please come back and, and hang out with us, interact with us, and, <laughs> and tell us why we need to go to church. <laughs> Not my church. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, guys. We love you so much. Thank you so much for your patronage. Thank you for listening. And I just want you to close your eyes now. <laughs> And pray this prayer along with me. Dear Lord. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I have failed thee. I have failed thee. <laughs> and Lord, and Lord, I ask now, ask now that you would just forgive me of all my sins. Forgive my sins. All of them. Wash me clean with your blood. Oh shit. What does it sound very clean? <laughs> White as snow. But okay, okay. I'm we, so, I'm confused. I have to. I, have I, don't, to I, don't, I don't want to pray anymore, Jesus. I'm scared. I have to. I have to step in. Actually, at this point, and I'm really sorry. But that entered. That crossed a line. We we reached a point where we were mocking Jesus, and I no. Seth, I was just promoting your new church. I am mocking well, the fact that like I don't like the the Christianese of. Praying blood on people. That's the one I was. I would agree. Beg for the blood, Seth. Beg for the blood. I just, I, I, I really don't like mocking. Um, Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? You can mock the song, but the, 
I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. I was like, if my you mom was Jesus listening to this, she would be. Your mom's she, not listening. So no, I know she's not, <laughs> but she would be. She would be upset with that. And I, I, she's not. How do you know I wasn't mom. serious? I just didn't want to. The idea of blood over me just kind of sounded gross. I wanted well. to stop praying there. <laughs> Seth, you are a thirty-year-old man who has different ideas than your mom. It's okay to have them. That's not what we're talking about, right? Now. <laughs> That's what you said. You just said no. My mom would be listening. Right. And I would what I'm not saying, feel right? right. When what I'm saying is, I, I, I want us to be a place for people to be both Christian and atheist. And if we mock one too hard, I just can we just stop? Can we just erase this? Pretend I didn't say any of this, please. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> can we just go back? Just You're not back. the editor, Seth. <laughs> I'm not going to put the prayer in there. Okay, then we're good. That was just for fun. We were already done. Okay, thank God. <laughs> it's like, Although now I'm kind of contemplating putting I know, it in there. I, I put it, it in. Put it Don't in. Do it. That's what she Don't said. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> just say no. Just say no. Hey, these are the movies that molded me. These are the movies that molded me. Jai love the movies. Jai love the movies. Hey, one love. Hey, I like the movies with the boobies. <laughs> hey guys, it's movies that molded me, and this is Elizabeth chatting in with you today. We've got a very full roundtable to talk about one of my favorite movies, The Princess Bride, put out on September 27th of 1987. This Rob Reiner film was full of an all-star cast, amazing writing, costumes, and set that were low budget, but great. And it was definitely a movie that I grew up with as a kid and still watch it every several months <laughs> we just watched it two days ago two or three days we ago. did we introduced it to my kids and they loved it so much yes. they made me put it in the next day as well and they have already started quoting it they have memorized after two watching <laughs> after watching it twice they've already memorized the very best bits so right. anyway <laughs> on our round table today we've got myself and my hubby omar the wonderful seth showalter chris lena andy and a couple newbies, George and his beautiful wife, Stephanie. Ooh. Ow! Yes, huge roundtable to talk about movies today. Are we just going to be sexist and just say we had you introduce this because it's a chick flick? But that's yes. arguable. That's arguable. It's a chick flick. It's, it's a chick flick. A and we're going to start with that. We're going to start right there. It if is it flick. is a chick flick, then it's one that I can say that I watch. I, I like a chick flick. <laughs> At least yeah, one. But you don't need to say that because it's not a chick flick. I mean, right, it you... definitely is a romance, right? And it's all about okay. the Dread Pilot, Robert, or Wesley. Right, right. The Dread Pilot. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, there is dreadlock to need, and he flies a plane. There, first of all, this should show you it's not a chick flick. It's, there's a pirate as a main character. Hello? <laughs> not a chick flick. Hmm, interesting. Uh, a Spaniard conquistador. Not a chick flick. Andre the Giant, a wrestler, not a chick But flick. the whole thing was about true love. I mean, okay. he was saved because of true no. love. Every good story is about true love. Doesn't have to be a chick well, flick. Well, the, the I mean, narrator, right, like, is Grandpa. Yeah. And 
it's not told to a chick. It's told to a little boy. Uh, Wonder Years. Uh, <laughs> Fred Savage. Fred who Savage. Has, who has to be convinced that it's not a chick flick story? Exactly. Yes. Good point, Lena. Uh, I don't know that he has to be convinced. He just says, "Ooh, can we skip the kissing parts?" Yeah. Right. Chick flick material. Which a chick flick would include the makeout scenes. Okay. Well, there's a lot of movies that are not chick flicks. Uh, like pornos, for example, that <laughs> not well, just that's, like that's that's debatable too, though, Chris. I mean, some is there of them, a lot uh, of making, making out in the porn? <laughs> <laughs> really bad storylines, but we have three chicks on the panel today, so the round table. Three oh, women. I don't think you should call them lovely, chicks. That's very lovely very women of God. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I'm 19. <laughs> sorry. My, my knuckles, are, my knuckles are dragging. Tell him, Stephanie. So we, we can't mansplain this, Chris, between you. It's not really an argument between me and you. What do the ladies say? Is it a movie for the ladies? It's a family movie. Oh, there you go. I like that. I can agree with Stephanie on that. Family movie, okay, but are chick flicks only, well, I guess it's in the name chick flicks, but mm. do they have to be exclusively girls? Can a chick okay. flick not be enjoyed by a man? I enjoy Especially a lot of Especially in 2019. Chick <laughs> I enjoy I mean, a lot of a lot of guys do. I'm not judging. Yeah. And this just happens not to be one of them. It's not a chick flick. But this is a great fucking movie, for sure. I mean, I think that the whole showstopper there was Stephanie with the, it's a family movie. Because I don't think anybody can argue with that. And no one's going to be like, no, you're wrong. So, <laughs> Especially with the pregnant lady. You don't mess with the pregnant lady. <laughs> All right. So moving on. <laughs> we got a stellar cast. Let's talk about this cast. Right. Well... The one that's like jumped out to me that like most people when I say like, hey, this guy's in this movie, they're like, where? He's not in that movie, but is Billy Crystal. Like, and he has a very small role, but it's one of my favorite roles. Like with um, him and his wife, I don't know who plays that, that character, but he's- Carol Kane. Miracle Max, if you guys remember the guy who lives in the tree, who brings Wesley back to life and is- Thinks that he's a, a swindler and poker. He said, two blades, two blades. <laughs> I'm not with you, I mean, wife. I think Omar and I quote that scene, like above all other scenes, the two of us quote that scene together the most <laughs> in the whole movie. <laughs> That's true. All right, but who else? I mean, we have Andre the Giant, obviously, stands out. Andre the like... Giant stands out huge because that's one of the <laughs> movies. Ironic. My way's not very sportsmanlike. I mean, come, and then, come on, guys. Some of the other characters that were jumping on. Well, oh, Chris, you're talking you about know, this You know, Under the Giant, only, uh, he died only a couple years after that movie was put out. And That's they, um, yeah, it, it really is. He was only like mid-40s when he died. But due to his size and his health, it just he was gone. So he wasn't in too many more movies after that, I don't think, if any. I don't the dude was amazing. Anything. Like, what did he drink? Like, over 100 beers, like, in one sitting? Like, a pitcher's of beer or something like that? And then, like, mm-hmm. like stood up and, like, walked away from it. And, like, just abnormal. Just amazing dude. I think my grandmother said that she actually met him once, like, in an airport. And my grandmother's a, a pretty small person, so I'd love to have seen that. <laughs> that would have been interesting. I wonder what it'd be like to have to sit on a plane like that. Inconceivable. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty cool character Vicini played by Wallace Shawn uh who that guy was also in Clueless but I can't really remember what else he was in he was also in like uh I know he's a guest on like the Bill Cosby show and shit back in the 80s 
You never trust a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. No uh, more rhyming and I mean it. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? peanut? <laughs> he was the mole guy, but he was also the, um, the boss in the first one. He was Mr. Incredible's boss at the insurance company. Oh, Really? He's got a yep. very, very iconic voice. Yes, he does. Whether it's a chick flick or not, I think it's a great movie. Family movie. Lots what, of what did like, we say Robin, comedy. Robin Tunney? Is that what, what's her name? Robin, Robin Wright. Wright. Um, think of the other Robin. Um, so she's Forrest Gump actress. Jenny. Jenny. Correct, correct. This came out before that, so it was like a launching pad for her. Pretty wasn't much, she? Yeah. Wasn't she in? Uh, wasn't she a daytime soap opera actress as well? Yes. Prior to no clue. Isn't usually like a good <laughs> career though. Yeah. <laughs> Daytime soaps. She played Kelly Capwell on Santa Barbara from 1984 to 1988. There we go. That's what it is. Thank you, Christopher. You're very welcome. All of our 70 year old fans right now are like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mom. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Chris is like Graham, and he pulls out the mom. <laughs> No, but Carrie Ellis <laughs> plays Wesley or the Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh, and most people probably remember him from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Um, but the thing I actually remember him for after tight, Prince tight. Bride was uh, he, he played uh, one of the guys that was locked in the room and lost, not lost, but uh, Saw. Yeah, and he actually does a terrible job acting in that movie. <laughs> terrible. Like, especially at the end, spoiler alert, whenever he has to cut his leg off, oh my God, it was horrible. <laughs> what, what, what about that seemed horrible to you? Because I'd love to go into that. We're not talking about Saw. We're talking no, about I want to talk, talk about his acting there. Like, what, what was, it? was it just like he wasn't showing enough pain? No. <laughs> it's like, I'll be fine. I'll go get help. It, it was just so bad. You have to watch it. You have to go back and watch it and just look at it. It's terrible. We watch it often, actually. Because <laughs> I like scary movies. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, I could tell George got a little defensive there. He was like, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with Saw. Saw's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the scariest part of Princess Bride is the rodents of unusual size we actually had to like <laughs> fast forward through that part for, for our kids but they seen it as we were fast forward and they're like oh that's funny we're like oh okay well they they the second time they watched it they didn't have to fast forward that part our youngest came and hugged me in the kitchen while it happened but the part they did fast forward though was the machine of death or whatever it is oh the, yeah it sucks the life out of you oh, they yeah. still didn't want to watch that part I remember that part scaring me more as a kid than the rodents of unusual size. Cause I could tell in the costume that in the costume of the rodents of unusual size, there was a person inside. There was a machine of death. I was like, they're sucking the life out of Wesley. <laughs> it was terrible. The suction cups are so bad. They're hurting him. <laughs> they're so terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh. So Seth, you're so young compared to all the rest of us. Did you watch this as a kid? Yes, I did. I watched it as Thank a kid. Okay. I, I can't you're remember. You're a couple months entire. younger than me. And I've seen oh, no, Stephanie, <laughs> you're not supposed to tell us that you're young, too. <laughs> Seth had a really old, like, boyhood crush on Inigo Montoya. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> Negative. Definitely Fred Savage. Definitely Fred Savage. <laughs> I've probably seen this movie 20 times. Okay. But cool. it's been a long time since I've seen it. So it is life molding it definitely has shaped me into the person i am today 
I owe, I owe everything. <laughs> oh, everything. I owe everything too. <laughs> I am just so thankful that we're talking about it because I, I can tell that this could be life changing for a lot of people. It really <laughs> has done so much for me. Let's go deeper into that. Uh, how, how would you say that that helps out your uh, your work and your career? I, I really don't think that this film has had an impact on that decision. Or your love life, because oh, it's such man. a romantic movie. It's a love story, right? So how did that... I never focused on the love watching this movie. Are you still searching for your true love? Is that what it is? I will always be searching for my true love. This are film you, I never uh, thought was a love story. Are you story, looking for really. the six-finger man? Uh, <laughs> no, I was, That's the question. What's he going to do with an extra finger, Seth? This guy, that's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. This movie has a lot to it um, beyond the love story, I think. I think a lot of this movie speaks to the power of relationships and friendships. I Aww. agree with you. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But you can spin this and make it about love. But a little band of bandits, you know, rising against the king to save the princess. Okay. It feels familiar. A band of bandits rising up against... <laughs> Power. <laughs> I don't know what kind of power you could be talking about. <laughs> power of evil. Bad, bad powers. Bad, horrible. Take him now. Evil Prince Humperdinck. That's actually a pretty good perspective there. So thanks for piping up. What do you think of that, that name Humperdinck? Do you think that was their way of throwing like a little sexual innuendo in there? Hells yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's shift this into something political. Let's say that um, the pirate is actually an immigrant that's come over from a different land, and he'll band everyone together to fight the bad king, or in this case, the orange Cheeto. So <laughs> the, the, the king should have built a wall, and then the he would have built his a wife. wall. But that didn't contain uh, the hero, right? There was a wall that he had to climb. That didn't stop him. So and he climbed that shit when he was down. True. This is true. We're still talking so. about Donald Trump. Who are we talking about? I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> confused. I'm confused right now too. <laughs> wait a minute. I just, wait a minute wait Wesley a minute. climbing the wall of insanity. I just thought it was gonna get into some really like sticky ground here. I wasn't really sure what to say because like the Hispanics were talking about the wall, and I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> know here. It only gets sticky when Seth thinks of the six fingered man. Uh, I want to go back to what we're talking about, Donald Trump. Why isn't Ethan here? Where did that man go? <laughs> Listen, the real stars of this movie are Fred Savage and Peter Falk. Columbo and the Wonder Years sharing a In story the- at bedtime? Come on. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. the stars of this movie. Yeah, Fred Savage oh, definitely did okay when he met I, his world. All I think about with Columbo is that line from uh, Big Daddy. He's like, Columbo, he, he acts not very smart. But he's smart cookie. <laughs> That's all I ever think about with Columbo. But yeah, that was actually the same actor, right? Yeah, yeah. We can all kind of place a few of these main actors. So anyway, so let's go ahead and do the grayscale and get out of here for everybody. Just, I mean, I pretty much think everyone's seen Princess Bride at one point in their life. Definitely a movie that's molded you in some way or another where... I mean, for nothing else, you get around a group of people and you're quoting it, you know, like the as you wish. I mean, I think when I first watched that as a teenager, I was like, that's so romantic. I'm going to say that to some woman or some, or some girl and it's going to, you know, like, it may be on some other level than just I love you. It's as you wish. You know, it was like 
an epic line you can say to somebody as you're rolling down a hill to your death. You still haven't done that for me yet, babe. Roll down a hill shouting, oh, Yeah, I'm getting older. It'd probably be the last thing I do. Like, whenever I... <laughs> Let's this not try how, it. I want to keep that's how Omar goes out. Perhaps that's what kills you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not try. Write the will first. So anyway, so <laughs> as a movie that molded me, I think I am going to uh, – normally I go pretty hard on these movies, but I'm going to go with 3.5. 3.5. Out of? On the gray 3. scale. 3.5 out of what? 10? 5? Out, of, out five. of 5. Out of 5. Okay. And we all I'm, have to do it. I'm going to give this movie a 4 out of 5. Okay. And we're basing these scores on how they mold, molded your childhood. No, or just just, just how, how good of a movie you liked it. Yeah. Oh. How good I'd probably give it like a three point five as well. Three here. Okay, so we're sitting at three point five still with all the. Hello, my name is Zenigo Montoya. You them. gave this movie three out of five. <laughs> Prepare to die. We got four more people. Uh, I'm gonna go with a yeah. four. Okay. I'm gonna give it a five. Uh oh! Nice. Going oh. on up, moving on up. I will give it a three point five. Mm. A man of wisdom. Well, babe, so thanks that for makes a total of three point seven eight on the grayscale. Should we Ooh. round it? Round it up? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. no. Scientific. <laughs> scientific. It's not scientific if Chris did the math. We may need somebody to double check those numbers. She ain't lying. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a public school teacher, so yeah, Common Core. He's <laughs> I was just asking about Common Core math just this afternoon to Chris, and he's like, "And what did I, I say? I, said, I know nothing." Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, babe, did a great job talking us in. Loved it. Um, join us next time, Movies That Molded Me. We're really excited about season three. We've got a lot going on. Um, our new direction, Movies That Molded Me, is going to be a definite break off from the new direction of season three. But stay tuned. We're doing a lot more. Uh, I think what we're talking about doing, maybe Forrest Gump um, coming up soon. A lot of stuff like oh, epic, epic movies. Flywheel. <laughs> Oh my we, we should do some some Christian movies. Give us a shout out if you have uh, your favorite right. Christian movies, and maybe one mention them on a movie some old. All right, later's. <laughs>